Good evening, everyone. We're so glad to have you guys here tonight. Come on in. Say hello to somebody. We're going to get ready to worship together. We're glad to see you here. Breathe on me, breath of God.
Hallelujah. Who is good but the Father? Well, we are so glad to have you here tonight. If you're able, just go around and greet some of your family of faith this evening. Kylan isn't here because that's usually the only time I'm up here, right? Right. So um, Pastor Dosik had knee surgery, so and then, like, I guess everybody else is on vacation, so they asked him to preach over there. So we have a special guest tonight, don't we? We have Judah. Judah's gonna, Judah's gonna preach for us tonight. Yay! Very exciting. Okay, so we're going to take up offering first, um, but, you know, as I was, um, I just kind of want to challenge you guys a little bit. So I was thinking about offering, and I was thinking about something that God impressed on me. So we all know that, um, you know, we're supposed to give and tithe out of a, you know, a happy heart. We're supposed to want to do that. I'm going to be really honest with you. Sometimes I don't, I haven't always felt like I want to. You know what I mean? Sometimes you're like, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure I'm happy about this right now. But something that the Lord, is that, sorry, but that's for real. That's just how it is sometimes. And 
I remember once I was talking to God about it and the verse popped into my head um, that sometimes to obey is better than sacrifice. Sometimes what God wants is our obedience more than anything else. So I guess I just want to encourage you guys tonight because it's real. Sometimes we're like, oh, I don't know if I give this. You know, I know I'm supposed to, and I always have, and God has always taken care of me, but we're still, you know, we're human, and sometimes we have these things, but sometimes just God wants your obedience above anything else. So I just want to encourage you guys that when you step out in obedience, then the windows of heaven will open up and pour down on you, okay? All right, so let's just pray. Father God, I thank you so much that you have given us the opportunity to give to you, God, that you have given us the opportunity to respond to you in obedience. God, I pray that you would just bless what is brought to you tonight, God, that you would use it for your purposes to grow your kingdom, God, to help uh, further discipleship in this community, God, to reach souls. God, I thank you for every single person here tonight, and I thank you no matter how big or how small for everything they've given, and I praise you and ask you to bless that in your name tonight. Amen. Come on down. So I was given a couple of announcements and then an extra right at the end. Right, Bill? I got an extra. Yeah. Okay. So just two that I had before Bill, but was water baptism. Reminder that that's this Sunday. If anybody wants to be water baptized and you want to sign up for it, it's back there. And also there's a Top Golf outing. That's this Saturday. So... Any questions? I don't know anything about it. You can ask Mike. <laughs> what time are they meeting here? Noon. Noon. And then Mike knows everything else, so don't ask me. And then Bill gave me Joy Fellowship is meeting this Sunday. Woo! Right? Um, 5 p.m. And you're supposed to bring a covered dish and water is provided. So... 5 p.m. here this Sunday. I can't believe that this Sunday is the 25th of July already, but it is. So they'll be meeting here, and um, I'm excited to see water baptism. I'm hoping that we have some. I don't know if we have anybody signed up, but I hope we do because it's. I love to watch it. And just so you know, my son will be here. I know you guys probably don't care, but my oldest son is coming to visit, and I haven't seen him in over a year, so he'll be here Sunday. Yay! So anyway, and I'm so excited to introduce him to all y'all. So anyway, without any further ado, Mr. Judah Reisner. No love for Judah. Oh, thanks, babe. I appreciate that. Oh, thanks, John. Uh, 
first thing that I wanted to say was I was talking with a brother before service tonight and we're just talking about how we need each other so much and it makes me really glad to be here with all of you guys this reminder that this is our home that I'm so I'm a little nervous but I'm super comfortable in the same way because you're all family and we all lean on one another and we all glean off one another and there's things that I've learned even some folks that that aren't here that are you know part of our group and this church and this group of believers that uh, have taught me a lot of things over the past few years and I just really really enjoy being here with all of you guys we look forward to it right gathering together and that's what the word says even so more as the day approaches so I'm just glad everyone's here and I'm glad to be here with you in our home together amen so I will share briefly about uh, something that I've been thinking about lately and uh, prayed about a little bit and had some moments with the Lord about this subject and the subject is kind of along that same lines as being here you know with each other at home is your part to play in God's kingdom because whether we realize it or not we have a part to play right he calls us the body of Christ he says the body is made up of many members and some of us are uh, we have certain gifts we have certain skills even talents and words to give first scripture I want to hit on is Romans 10 12 through 14 I'm just gonna read it off the board up here so I don't have to keep flipping around if that's okay maybe all right I will flip around actually I'm already there Romans 10 12 uh, for there is no distinction between the Jew and the Greek for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved how then shall they call upon him in whom they have not believed and how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard and how shall they hear without a preacher so Paul is laying this out in Romans and he says you know there's no difference in back then the Jew and the Greek but there's no difference in denominations or uh, races or things like that because we're all under the same Lord and we are one in him but there are those out there who won't become part of that one if they don't hear about the gospel how are they supposed to believe if they don't hear and how are they supposed to hear if there's not one who goes and and tells them this is a call to go to the ends of the earth and I've said this before but there's there are people out there who may never hear the word unless it's from you there are people out there who uh, see your life and that's the only gospel they know right is how so-and-so is living that week because they know you're a Christian they know you're a believer and they don't read the Bible they just know the gospel from watching you 
uh, the Lord set watchmen on the walls, and uh, I say Ezekiel, to watch over those, you know, and even be responsible for them at times. And so that's what we do with each other, right? We take each other under our wings, we lift one another up, and we are in a sense responsible for one another and ourselves equally, but we have a role to play in each other's lives. We don't just come to church here, right? We join as the church in this place. And we can do that anywhere, so it's not just limited to the building, obviously, but uh, Paul is saying, we need to go. He's saying there's people that need to come and you need to be the one to tell them about Christ. Whether that's by word or in deed, you know, the deeds that you do, um, or it's just in kindness. There's, there's people at work who, uh, you know, they don't, they don't curse and things like that around me. And I've never, not, I've never asked them not to. They just don't. And it's because they, first, you know, they know I'm a believer, but they, they see our lives and they have that a little bit of respect. There's a difference in how they act. And that is you drawing Christ out of them. They don't know what that is, right? They just think that they don't want to offend the Christian or whatever. But that's a Christ-like character. They're honoring Christ by seeing your life. And so you have a part to play. There's a lot of gifts that we have, and I'll get into that here in just a little bit, but there's a lot of things that you have, and guys, I, I don't think we've tapped into that a whole lot. I think there's a lot left, and I'm just, even just with the group of 30, 25 of us here, I think there's a lot of not only potential, but things in the spirit that he wants to release upon this place. I think that we're carrying things. I think that we're carrying the Holy Ghost inside of us. And we may, you know, we may not know how to let him out and you know let him do his thing and and come together and be in unity we try but i i don't know if we have experienced a lot of that yet we're in unity we worship together and stuff but i'm talking about the things that they did in the book of acts right i'm talking about the things where three thousand get saved at once because we're all in one accordance together and i'm waiting on those days you know where we all come in here and we're here to give everything we have for the Lord and the burdens and things we carry in just melt away when we come into this place. That they, they're not allowed to come in here because this is a place of peace and a place where we put those gifts into practice. Uh, speaking of which, real, real quick, uh, the word says, uh, I'm gonna go to Ephesians. You guys have probably all heard of the fivefold ministry, and that's not a new concept, but when we talk about the fivefold ministry, um, we're talking about a system. We're talking about a system that God has put in place. And it essentially hits on everything needed for the purpose of the kingdom, for the growing of the saints, for the equipping of those who will do the work of God. Uh, Ephesians 4, um, I will go to... Seven, we'll start in seven. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave, gave gifts to men. Uh, now this, he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? 
He who ascended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he himself, this is talking about Christ, obviously, right? He himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors, and some teachers. Verse 12 says, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of of the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Okay, so there's a lot in there. But what what he's talking about in Ephesians is a system that has apostleship, which is headship and leadership. Christ is the head, right? So I'm talking about an earthly thing that leads to God. An apostleship, kind of the head, the overseer of things, like Paul was an apostle, went around establishing uh, groups and, and churches and stuff throughout Asia. He's talking about prophets who bring the inspired word to the congregation who bring things sometimes to whole nations, just like we see all over the Old Testament, who are used in a specific way to know things about people and about groups of people, and maybe even about God, that's not commonly known, but are inspired by the Holy Ghost. Right? Talk about evangelists who go into the uttermost parts of the earth, sometimes including a factory in Ohio, and they, they draw men in, right? They don't, they don't necessarily hang around the church a whole lot because that's not what they're called to do. Paul, even though he wanted to be uh, in Jerusalem, didn't stay there. He went around. Jesus went around and traveled. Jesus displayed all of these things. But we have the evangelists who, who draw men in. They're the ones, a lot of times, who carry a testimony of who they used to be and who God has made them. Right? And they carry that to other men and they display the word of God. Talking about pastors, of course, who shepherd the flock. The pastors who are loyal hearted. The ones who stand between the wolf and the sheep and guard that flock and give of themselves day and night for sometimes lots and lots of people. The ones whose whole life essentially are dedicated to the ministry of the saints. And then of course teachers. Fine line between pastors and teachers, but we've seen it. We've seen men or women with uh, teachers' hearts and not necessarily a pastor's heart, you know. And then you've seen pastors who do a lot of teaching sometimes. Sometimes you can tell when Pastor Kylan is preaching and you can tell sometimes when he's teaching, okay? But the teachers essentially are the ones who explain the word who get up and they teach by inspiration of the Holy Ghost about some of the deeper things of the Lord when the pastors are talking about Christ and him crucified, you know, all the time, bringing souls in and stuff. The teachers are doing uh, some of the meatier things a lot of times, not to say pastors don't do that by any means, but um, they bring it in a different way, right? But these are all things that the word says Jesus himself gave to us. What for? For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, and for the edifying of the body of Christ. 
so that we all come into the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God until we're a perfect man. So this is the system that we'd like to see. And then what comes with that, right? Well, I remember the word talking about <clears throat> things that followed the apostles, signs and wonders and miracles. These are the things that follow those who, who follow after Christ. And he said that to all of his followers at one point, right? He said, yes, I do these things, but you will do even greater works than these. Talking to the disciples in front of him. So we know that, that Jesus does it all. We know that we are mere men and women and have no power in ourselves to heal someone or whatnot, that it's all Christ living in us. But I hope everybody understands that that's all Jesus had to. Jesus had to be fully man and fully God. But he could, you can't be like, oh yeah, but I'm not Jesus and he was the son of God. And yes, he absolutely is. But he had to be fully man too. Or else the word couldn't say that he suffered all the things that we have suffered that he was tempted and tried in the same ways that we were. Because if he wasn't fully man, he would have just had this, you know, magical spiritual thing that kept him from being tempted. But that wasn't the case. So he understood something. He understood that the Holy Ghost inside of him, and him being one with the Father through the Holy Ghost, was where his anointing came from. Right? He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the good news and set the captive free. Right? He didn't say, I was born a virgin that, or from a virgin. That's why I do these things. He said, no, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. That's why I do or how I do these things. He understood that it was all by the spirit. He under, also understood that um, he had limitations, believe it or not. Says that when he went to Nazareth, right, not many got saved because they didn't believe there's faith at the root of all of that stuff, whether it was faith, you know, that Jesus had to raise Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus wasn't laying there with faith inside of his body. Jesus had faith to heal that man, and his sisters had faith that he would heal that man, right? Uh, but some people, like the woman with the issue of blood, Luke 8, chapter 8, verse 41, this, was, this is what I've been thinking about a lot, this, this specific this specific act here that Jesus did with the woman. We've all heard the story, right? Luke 8, verse 41. I was actually reading not too long ago <clears throat> and thinking about what Jesus said when this happened, right? Uh, was it Jairus or Jairus or Jairus? I had a friend named Jairus, so I'm going to say it's Jairus. Uh, came to Jesus and said, right, his, his daughter was sick or maybe even dead at this point, and come and heal her. Maybe she was just sick, guys. I'm sorry. I didn't read before this a whole lot. But. And there came a man named Jairus, and he was the ruler of the synagogue. This is verse 41. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house, for he had an only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. Okay, But as he went... The multitudes thronged him, right? So on his way to Jairus' house to heal his daughter, multitudes of people as he's walking through the gauntlet, right, trying to get to, to this young lady's house. And out of nowhere, a woman 
having a flow of blood for 12 years, who had spent all her livelihood on, phys or, I'm sorry, on physicians and could not be healed by any, came from behind him and touched the hem of his garment. And immediately her flow of blood was stopped. Okay? So first of all, right, there's the faith. She had desperation, obviously, but there's the faith. She had faith. I don't even need to talk to him. I don't need him to touch me or, you know, pray over me or speak in tongues or any of that stuff. Not that they had heard that yet at that point. I just need to touch the, the lowest part of his garment, right? That's the faith that she had. That's that faith of a mustard seed that we talk about. It says that she did that. And her flow of blood, her issue of blood, where she was bleeding constantly for 12 years, right, stopped immediately. So this doesn't say, and she went to the doctor and the doctor said, your issue of blood had stopped or whatever. She didn't need a doctor's report. She knew it. She felt it. So she's feeling something here, right? And feeling something physical. Listen to this. And Jesus said, wait, he said, who touched me? And they said, uh, I'm sorry, when all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitude's throng and they press against you and they say, and you say, who touched me? But Jesus said, someone has touched me, for I perceive that power has gone out of me. The ESV says that he felt power leave him. So he wasn't watching. He didn't see it happen. He didn't intentionally, so he felt power go out of him. Remember, he's all man, right? He is man living on the earth, filled by the Holy Ghost, enabled to do these things these things but he had something so the question I wrote is what do we have right Jesus does it all but what do we have what role do we have to play there's something inside of us the Holy Ghost where it's so tangible not it being the Holy Ghost but this thing that he does inside of us is so tangible that you can feel him and we're going to get to the point, and I'm praying that we get to the place where we don't have to try, right? Jesus was just walking along, and he felt it happen. So he, had, he, he felt that feeling before. He knew what it felt like. He knew exactly what it was when power was, you know, leaving his body. So much so, he didn't know how it happened or who it had happened to, but he knew it had happened. And that's only felt by practice, right? The first time he healed somebody, I'm sure he knew he was healing that person, but that would have been the first time he felt it. This time, he had felt it a bunch already. So what am I getting at? My point is, this kind of thing is inside of all of us. This kind of thing is where we will eventually be in the church because God said that those things are going to happen. The signs and the wonders are going to happen. And it changed this lady's life, right? She had spent all she had. She didn't have any more money. And if you knew anything about that society and that culture, right, we probably, probably heard before, like she was an unclean woman. She was considered an outcast by the Jews and by if she had a family, I don't know. And, and you know, they wouldn't touch her. They wouldn't go around her for 12 years at least, <laughs> And this act here changed her life. He perceived and felt what had happened. He was familiar with the feeling. 
And this is a call. This is a call to walk in boldness, knowing that this kind of thing is in you. This is part of your role to play. This is part of my role to play. This is what makes up the kingdom. At some point, guys, our faith that we have is going to become something different than it is now. And I'm not saying we don't have real faith now. you got to hear me. You know me. I'm not coming down on you or myself or anybody. I'm saying that when we lay hands on someone and pray over them to heal them, and you walk away unsure if they're healed because you didn't see it, it's in their body or something like that, that's going to end because you're going to know, boom, they're healed. I felt it. I know it happened. And maybe you felt that before. Praise God if you have. I personally haven't. You know, And it's not all about healing, but when you go up and you speak to someone and you look them right in the eye and you tell them something that, they don't, that nobody else knows and has never heard and you cut them to the heart and they fall and they repent, you're going to know that just happened. You know, Those are the words of wisdom. Those are the real things that we want to come into. And I don't pretend to know how to get there, right? Just following after Christ and wanting that, wanting him and learning as we go. Uh, speaking of which, <clears throat> to know what we have been given, we have to know what's available. So talking a little bit more about what's, what's in you and what's in us, uh, spiritual gifts, which we don't have to turn there, talking about wisdom and tongues and prophecy and healing and miracles and faith, discernment, uh, words of knowledge, interpretation of tongues. Do you know, here's a, here's a good point. I was thinking about this today. Some of you, or maybe me, who has the gift of interpretation of tongues will never get to use it unless somebody else with the gift of tongues starts speaking. Right? It's a gift that, that's why we need each other. Can't use interpretation of tongues without the gift of tongues. And maybe you'll have both. And you'll speak and then you'll interpret. And we'll just have to assume that you're right. You know, but if it's in there, if that gift's in there, we need each other to bring that stuff out, right? And that's kind of a, you know, that's kind of a scary thing sometimes. We don't necessarily like to go out on the edge. We like to be comfortable. Even when Kylan asked me to speak, I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah, I got something already. No, I don't. I didn't. You know, but we like to be comfortable, you know, we like to be, we like to let, oh, let's just let him do it, you know what I mean, or her do it, and, and I'm just going to be comfortable here. And those things aren't necessarily comfortable. You know, we saw when, uh, you know, Brother Mark Dunphy was here. I thought that was really cool, you know. He went around and ministered to people and things like that, and just from what little that I think I know about your lives, it seemed, you know, pretty straightforward. Right? I was like, oh, yeah, I can see that with that person. That's cool. He, might, he don't even know her, you know what I mean? Um, and I'm sure he misses it from time to time. But you can't miss it if you don't shoot, right? And so it's okay to practice. We're all young in the Lord, you know. I mean, even if someone were known the Lord for 30, 40 years, Still, to the Lord, that's, that's a young person in him, and we still have a lot of growing to do. And I hope it doesn't get to the point where we have to be forced, 
you know, to do that kind of stuff by the circumstances around us, you know what I mean, where, Lord forbid, something happens in the country and we're uh, not able to be so free, I'll say, and so, so carefree with what we do. I hope it doesn't ever get to that. But we need to seek these things out. There's a, there's a saying that I've heard in the church before, and you've probably heard it too. Maybe you've even said it. I probably have said it. And it's seek the giver, not the gift. But the word says, earnestly desire the gifts. So even though we seek and follow after Christ, that doesn't mean that we're so, you know, just focused on Christ that we don't think there's anything he's given us to use. Don't think that because he is in charge of everything, which he is by all means. I didn't save myself. He saved me. But don't think that just because he is so in charge of everything that he hasn't given you a role to play. Because he has. Lastly, um, book of Acts, for, uh, chapter 3. This is Peter and John displaying something similar to uh, Christ with the woman and the issue of blood, where Jesus understood there's something and someone inside of him able to make him, I'm sorry, it, to make him able to do these things. Uh, Peter understood that same thing. He said in uh, chapter 3, verse 1, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, at the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple which is called beautiful to ask alms for those who entered the temple who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked for alms, asked for money and fixing his eyes on him with John Peter said look at us and so he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. And Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but that what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So Peter was so stirred. You ever been there? I was thinking about that today when I read it. Have you ever been there where you see someone and you're so Focused and you're so fastened on that person because you know the Lord's speaking to you. You know he's saying something to you right now and it's real and you have to go up and talk to that person and everything inside of you is saying, oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I just, they'll be all right, I'll pray for them, right? <laughs> but you're so focused and you're so, that's what he says. It says Peter had his eyes fixed on this man he knew he couldn't get away not the guy who couldn't walk jokers no he knew he couldn't get away from this situation he knew he couldn't just walk by that that man again because he had probably done it before he knew he couldn't just walk by this time and then when the guy said you know you know whatever he was asking for there Peter said I don't have any gold or silver from you but what I do have because he knew he had something I'm going to give it to you Rise up and walk in the name of Jesus. So we carry the Holy Ghost. You are carriers of the Holy Ghost. We are carriers of the gifts of the Spirit. Which gifts? 
all the gifts. Doesn't mean you can only have one. Says that he gives to all men liberally who he will. Talking about the Holy Ghost. And so just because you're like, oh, I'm, I got faith, right? You could prophesy too. And all these other ones can come on you as well. This is faith. <clears throat> this is faith that works. Faith that you can feel. Faith that you put into practice. And faith that's waiting for you. I have one little story here about how I feel this, this should go, right? When I think about faith that works, I think, you know, I'll pray over this person, I'll pray over that person, lay my hands on this person, maybe, maybe all of them will get healed, hopefully they will. But I want to know, like, is this a different kind of faith? When Jesus, you know, said, thank you, Lord, for hearing me, before he raised Lazarus from the dead, knew Lazarus was going to raise from the dead. And that's the faith that I'm talking about. When I was a kid, I had a friend who could whistle with his fingers, put his fingers in his mouth and whistle really loud. And I just thought that was the coolest thing. I was probably eight or nine. Thought that was really, really cool, but I couldn't do it. Spit all over myself, you know, every time I tried to do it. But uh, I did it, I practiced. I tried to do it over and over, probably for what in my mind seemed like about a month. It was a long time. I was really fascinated by this. And then one day, I did it. I was super excited. Just, I hit it just right. And every single time after that, I did it. I didn't have to practice anymore. I didn't have to try or figure it out. Just, you know, you've heard it said, it's like riding a bike. Once you do it, you can do it. And I believe how this, that's how this is going to happen. This faith that we're talking about. This thing that's going to come around and raise people from the dead. These things that are going to be words of knowledge that cut to the hearts of men and women. And they flow into the church seeking the one who they don't know yet, but they know they need. The one who's spoken into their lives so deeply that they can't just walk by anymore. I think that's how this is going to happen. Once we get there and do it, it's just going to happen. We're going to do it together. Amen? All right, I'm going to pray. Lord, I thank you that you have given the Holy Ghost to us. Thank you that you have given us the spirit, Lord, that we can grow in these things. And God, I'm thankful for everything you've ever done in my life. I'm thankful that you showed me the way that you called me out of darkness. I'm thankful that you've gathered us here together in a home where we can serve you. Where we can be together with love for one another. I pray, God, that as your spirit comes to the earth and spends time with us and, and has fellowship with us as the Holy Ghost comes and has fellowship with us that we learn more about you that we learn more about how your kingdom works we just want to be more like you we want to see more people added and we'll do whatever we have to to see more people in your kingdom we want you to come back we want to see you soon but we want as many in the kingdom as can come Jesus we want your will done on earth just as it is in heaven. Want to be more like you and know more about you. We all want to come into that unity of faith together. And we want to grow in you. Lord, we want to see things. We want to see you at work. 
We know that there's a battle going on every day. And those who may not believe unless they see, we want those people to see so they can believe in you. Our loved ones, the ones we're around all the time, we want them to be here too. Pray for those ones, Lord. Pray that we can be the light in their life, just as you said, we are the light of the world. I pray that we can step into the roles, if we haven't already, that we can get in there and do what we know we're supposed to for you, Lord. And I thank you if, we've, if some of us already figured that out. Maybe I'm just preaching to myself tonight, Jesus. But I pray that we can grow more in you. And that spot that you created us to fill on this earth, that only we can fill, let us just slide on into that spot. We're ready to see some things here, Jesus. Ready to see you at work. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. In Jesus' name. Amen. That's all I got. And if there's nothing else, I guess we can be dismissed. <laughs>